You know, I have a longing to see happen here what we read about in Acts, where there was a church of people who were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit all the way through the book of Acts is that these people could not help but talk about this one who loved them so much that he gave his life and he died for our sins and he rose again and he conquered the grave. You just got to talk about it. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to talk about it. You're going to want to do this. And my job, and we as a church, our task is to equip the saints for that work of the ministry. To help you to have an ability to give a reason of the hope that lies within you. To be able to speak with confidence who Jesus Christ is. So a number of months ago, our deacons said, we've got to do this, and we need to to do this in March, and let's go. And so we signed up. We were able to get a date, and it was able to happen. And already the the participation in the registration is really good. All right, so a number of you are already, already registered. If you're not yet registered, again, make that commitment. Just go ahead, and I'd say even now while I'm preaching, go ahead and do this. You know, a little bit distracted. Well, you can do two things. You all know that you can do more than one thing at, one t- at, t- at the same time. Pick up your phone. Go to walnutparkbaptistchurch.com. Right? Go to events. And under events, uh, you just hit that exchange event. And there it will take you to how to sign up. And it's so easy to do. It's a Saturday morning, 9 to 1 o'clock. We have child care uh, Colleen is watching over the young ones, and, and Molly will be watching over the elementary age kids. There's good care. It's, well, Molly, I think, is pretty good at that. Well, she slipped out. All right, Chuck's okay. But uh, it, it's, it's really important that you make the commitment that Saturday morning. Then we'll meet again Sunday evening for a couple of hours. Then we'll be practicing, doing our practice routines on Sunday evenings throughout the month of April, and we'll do the same thing. For, for those days. So, God's calling you to be his witness. You want to be spirit-filled. It all ties together so that you can have the power of God to be bold in witnesses. You will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses. Let's do that. The title of the message this morning is, um, Listen Up! Are you doing that? Uh, I really enjoyed studying our text here in Mark chapter 4 uh, this week. And when I, when I first started into the exegesis, exegesis is simply uh, discerning the interpretation. All right. So when I started into this exegesis of this passage, my thoughts were, oh, I've heard all this before. I don't really need to think about it again. That's a dangerous thing for a pastor to be doing when he's starting to study a passage. And so I had to back off and say, okay, Lord, speak to me. Help me to really hear what's here. And in my research, I was again reminded of how many different ways this passage is interpreted. It's all over the place. And normally when we come to Mark chapter 4 and we're looking at this parable, we're considering this parable of the sore as, as how it applies to other people, those people out there, right? However, this passage, for us, we often miss the main point. Now, if, 
if I do my job right, the job of exegesis, interpreting it, and then exposition, exposing what's here, explaining it in such a way so you're going, ha, ah, I see that. Then the meaning and the application will be so clear that we can't miss it. So that's the aim. That's what's on my heart. That's what's pounding. We would know what does it say, what does it mean, and then how are we then to use this parable that Jesus gave his followers. Mark chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered. This had been happening over and over again, uh, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the crowd was gathered there. I hope in a year or so to be able to go and see this exact place where this, this took place there on the Sea of Galilee. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. Now, a parable, you probably already know this, but it's, it's simply in Greek the idea of parallel. It means to lay something alongside something else. Parabole, uh, by placing one thing alongside another, the storyteller simply makes a meaningful comparison. They're parallel. Jesus was a master at this skill. Luke 15, the, the lost sheep. Well, that's a picture, it's a word picture of a shepherd's care that he cares for us. Luke chapter 10, right? The Good Samaritan pictures compassion. And love. Great communicators get this. They understand how to make this comparison with a story and an important truth. I wish I had that skill to be a good storyteller like that. Someday when I grow up, I want to be like Steve Phillips. He's a great storyteller. I didn't warn you, but I'm going to use you in this illustration. I mean, you're, I'm, this is my story all right, about you. All right? I'd encourage you to someday, you know, just go buy Phillips Brothers. Buy something while you're there, okay? But, or rent something. But, but go and just start up a conversation. And I guarantee you, and this, I, sometimes I'll just, I'll just make up an excuse to go by and, and just, just, just to hear what story comes up. And, and these guys, they, they, I think they just stand around telling stories all day long. And they're, they get really good at it. And, and, the, and there's always a point to be made. And you're going, yeah. That's what we want to do with this. And this is what Jesus does for us. He uses parables and analogies and illustrations all over the place. I think 30 or 40, and the number goes up from there, all throughout the New Testament. Mostly in Matthew and Luke, and, and a few here in this action-packed book of Mark, especially here in Mark chapter 4. Parables are simple, real-life scenarios that are intended to be laid alongside a spiritual truth so that we can grasp what to do with it. The stories themselves, they're simple and clear. You don't need to have some college education or great degree. There are no secret stories with hidden meanings. They're just simple, earthy stories. However, if you don't know what they illustrate, they're riddles. And an illustration without knowledge of what it illustrates is a riddle. So then they need to be explained. So, the same parable can, can be an opportunity to make something very clear or an opportunity to reveal that it's obscure. 
So with the parable of the sower that Mark just read for us here in Mark chapter 4. What is the truth that we are needing to comprehend and use? Jesus talks about this sower that comes and casts the seed. It's kind of a strange way to plant seed. Would you do it that way, Brant? Would you just go out in the field and just kind of toss it around? But that's what they did it that day. They prepared the soil after they cast the seed. And many times the seed would fall on, on hard-packed roadways where everybody had been walking and, and all the carts had been coming by and it was just as hard as can be. So sort of like our asphalt out there. Nothing's going to grow there. And we read about how the birds come along and, and they just eat up the seed. It, it never is, it produces anything. Then there's this rocky soil that, that yeah, it takes root, but, but then it, there's no room for it to grow and there's no way to get a root. It gets started, but it can't grow anymore because other things that are in the way. Other things like depression or discouragements or fears or worries about what other people are think, or, or cultural pressures. Right? We just can't, uh, we can't be like that because it's so different than that. And we start thinking that we don't want to be different than everyone else. And then there are these weeds. So many things that just consume all of our days, all of our thinking, all of our times. So many things that just, what are some of the weeds that can step in that, that are just part of life? That, help me out here. Work can be a weed. I thought I'd hear a whole lot of amens about that one, right? School, television, your computer, kids. You know, growing like weeds, yeah. But, uh, but they, they can be all-consuming so that what really should be there, we don't have time for. So this is the story that's unfolding that Jesus gives us. And, and then in verses 10 through 12, we read, When they were alone, those who were with him, the twelve, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. So you're going to understand this. But for those outside, everything is in parables, they're riddles, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may in, indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn there's going to be something that's going to be happening for those that actually hear it and understand it. There's going to be a turning and being forgiven. Then in verse 14, Jesus says, The sower sows the word. So Jesus is explaining his parable. This sower, all the seed that he's putting out there, is the word. Now that's critical. The seed that's sown is the word. So we get that comparison. And who is the sower? Well, God is. God, the Holy Spirit, making His Word come alive. He sows the seed. God, and the Holy Spirit, and whoever the Holy Spirit is using to express His Word. So this Word of God is planted within you through your Bible reading, through coming here and listening on a Sunday morning, your, your Sunday school class, your opening uh, different books that you read about the Scriptures. You listen to good preaching online, and we have so many resources. You have friends that share with you what they've been hearing from God and learning, and, and you can learn by their understanding of it. You get together with your life groups, and you're discussing the Word together. And So God is sowing the seed in your life. The Word is planted in you, even as we've just sung. 
And here's the key to understanding this parable. The different soils reveal the various responses to this word. What is your response to the word? Look back in verse 3. The very first word is, listen, with an exclamation point. You see that? Notice the interesting insights Christ provides. First, be aware of the wrong responses as they're happening to you, not as you're looking at other people, but as these wrong responses are happening to you. And Christ makes his point by, again, referring to these three different soils, the hard soil along the wayside, the pathway, and he explains it in verse 15, this hard-heartedness. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, there's that word again, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. It's just beaten down so that there's no reception of it all. And so many times we don't even have time for the word. We're not willing to listen to it. We shut our hearts to it. We're hard-hearted. Again, we're not talking about those out there. It applies there. But we're talking about what's in here. The rocking soil, he explains in verses 16 and 17. These are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. Yes, this is. I'm so glad for this. And they have no root in themselves. But endure for a while, and then when tribulation or persecution, hard times arise on the account of the word, immediately they fall away. So how often you know the word, you receive it, but then because of other things that come up and worries or distractions or things that that you know just shouldn't be there, you walk away from what you know is the truth. That should convict us. And then the weedy soil. He explains it in verse 18 and 19. And others are the ones sown among thorns or the weeds. Don't you just love the weeds? No one said that. They are those who hear the word. There's that word again. They hear the word. Clearly the seed is the word. But the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, is money bad? No, but it can be deceiving. The love of money is the root of all evil. The cares of the world? Yeah. There's so many responsibilities we have and things that we have to do. And the desires for other things, other priorities, things we just can't live without. Have a long list of those. They enter in and they choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Other things. Some good things, some bad things, but other things choke the word. So that's the wrong responses. But, second, be drawn to the right response. And here it is in verse 20. And this is our key verse. There's a contrast here. and That shows up in the very first word. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who, there's this word again, hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. We'll come back to that next week, that part of the verse. 
So this contrast with the bad soils and the good soil is in the reception of the word, receiving the word, and hearing it and. Hearing and. The word hearing. It's the same word that back in verse 3, the very first word we said has an exclamation point. Listen! It's the same word as you see all the way through this chapter that shows up as hear. The one who hears and. This word listen is, is their word akuo, A-K-O-U-O. From which we get our word acoustics. Aren't you glad for the acoustics in this building? When this church sings, it just fills the room. Right? This church, I've had, I've had that said to me by so many who are here to speak and hear. They're just, the, your singing fills the room. This is great. We, we want to keep that. That's the word akuo. Uh, and it means to hear. It also has the idea of obeying. And, there's, and it's present active indicative. So this is something that is an ongoing thing that has to be happening. But I believe there's a connection with this word listen or hear and a word in the Old Testament that the people that were Jews, Hebrews, understood from their culture even though their language had shifted. No longer did they speak Hebrew, they spoke Aramaic and Greek. Well, so then you had to have a translation from the Hebrew to the Greek and that was called the Septuagint. Keep that in mind. This word listen, this word hear, is in a verse that they quoted every single day. They still do. It's called the Shema. Would you look back at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 6. I think that's page 141 in your pew Bible there. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verses 4 through 6. Again, this is in the Septuagint. And this word here is the word Shema. And that, that word in their language means hear and obey. Would you see this? In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. Hear, O Israel. Okay, you got to get this. Listen up to this. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, everything about you. And these words that I command you shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit down on the, in, the, in, in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and be on your gates. This was a reminder on a regular basis. The Lord our God is one. Listen to this. You're going to, you need to love Him. Make sure it's all within your heart that you're loving Him. And make sure your kids get this. Teach it diligently to them. This is the word they heard every day as they spoke the Shema. Or hear this. Listen to this. So when they were hearing it in their own language in that day, the word they were hearing was akuo. Listen. So that's what we have here in Mark 4, verse 20. 
when you hear the word and there's something else that follows. Listening. I think every parent has this experience many times with their children. Speaking to them and they say they hear what, they're, what you're saying, but you know they're not really listening. So what do you have to do? Yeah, every parent is going, yeah, what do you, what do, you do? <laughs> right. yeah, you have to grab them by their cheeks and you hold their face up and you look them in their eye and say, are you listening? Uh-huh. You've got to get their attention. Every wife understands this as well. You're talking to your husband, and he has ears at work, but his mind is someplace else, and he's not responsive. Isn't that frustrating? I thought I'd hear a whole lot more groaning going on there. Isn't that frustrating? He's not really listening. Can I ask you back in Mark chapter 4, verse 20, would you highlight or underline the word here Mark chapter 4 verse 20 underline the word here the ones who hear and then underline the word and because hearing isn't just in one ear and out the other there's something that follows The Shema involved hearing and obeying this command to love God. Hear and obey. It's interesting, the parable of the seed and the soils is in three of the Gospels. And you kind of wonder, is it the same event or different? I think Matthew and, and Mark seem to be the same event right there on the sea, and Jesus is in the boat. I don't know, maybe that happened more than once, but probably the same event. Luke, we're not quite so sure, but it's the exact same, exact same um, parable with one slight difference in each one of them that relates to this word and. It was to hear and something followed. Look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. Is that too small for you to see back there? You can see it in your own scriptures, but there's something that follows the word here. Matthew 13, verse 23. There's hearing and understanding. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. And he indeed bears fruit. So there's understanding. Here in Mark chapter 4, verse 20. It's hearing and accepting, taking it in. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and then bear fruit. Again, that's next week. But there's, an, there's a hearing and accepting. So hearing and understanding, hearing and accepting. And in Luke chapter 8, verse 15, again, the same parable but with one slight difference. As for those that in the good soil, there are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart. So there's hearing and, as I think the King James has, keeps it, or you're, you're hanging on to this. This is important to you. It's not something you're going to ever let go. You hold it fast. So the primary point of our 
parable that we're looking at that Jesus is emphasizing to these men. The seed is the word. And how do you respond? You hear and. Two questions for you. Are you hearing the word? Are you truly listening? I've said it so often. The the hardest thing to do in any day, but probably the most important thing to do every day, is just to do this. Pick up your Bible and open it. Now, maybe you don't have the Bible. Maybe you pull out your phone and, and you click on your Bible app and you go to your reading section. Right? But actually doing that... If we don't even open the Bible, it's no different than our hearts being hardened to the Word. We're, we're just like that, that it, it, it can't get in because it's closed. Are you hearing? Are you truly listening? And are you obeying? The Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance what you need to hear. I had so many illustrations of that happening in my own life throughout this last week. Just, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Or that's exactly what, what another person that God spoke to me about it, I was able to share it with them. And I had one man say to me, oh, but that's so true. As we were just reading the scriptures together, working through a hard time. The Holy Spirit often will use other Christians to speak His word. As you're receiving the word, you're able to share it with others and they can hear He sows the seed of the word in hearts. So then the question with that is, how is your heart responding? Are you listening and? Every day, mark this down, write it down, put it in highlights. Every day, God is speaking to you. Are you listening and? Every day, God is speaking to you. Every Christian, every day, God is speaking to you. Even if you're not a Christian, every day, God is speaking to you. Are you listening? Are you understanding? Do you recognize it as, oh, this is the truth? Are you accepting it? Are you receiving it as it is the truth? And then are you responding to it? Are you doing what God has called you to do with that word, that seed that God has entrusted to your heart? Are you hard-hearted? Is it rocky? Are so many other things getting in the way? Or the weeds that's squelching the growth? Are you really listening? Listen up. My wife loves March Madness. No, she's not here today because she's watching March Madness. That's not happening. She, she has a, a bug and she's finally got some medicine and it's it's starting to work here today, and her, her fever broke and so forth, so we're glad for that. But she, she loves March. Uh, any other ladies here really get into March Madness? All right, Barb, yeah. So um, she plans her, her schedule around being able to watch games while she's doing other things. She just, she just loves the whole tournament vibe. And um, this, I guarantee you this, will, this particular event will happen on an many times over this next few, few weeks during March Madness. The, uh, the game is close. Your team is two points behind. There are three seconds left. The coach calls a timeout. And everybody gathers around. And the coach says to his team as they're in the huddle, Listen up! 
Now, what does that coach mean when he says, listen up? He's saying, I've got something I want you to understand. I want you to really accept it and go out there and do it. Listen up, Christian. It's the same thing. The Holy Spirit is saying, I've got something for you to, to understand, and I want you to take it, and please, do it. I guarantee you there's a person that's offended you again. And God says, listen up. Forgive, even as I have forgiven you. Now, does the word fall on hard soil or rocky soil or weedy soil in your heart regarding that admonition? Or does it enter into the, as Colossians, I think, or Ephesians, as, does it enter into the eyes of your heart? That's an interesting phrase. The eyes of your heart. Does it, are you allowing the word to enter into your heart? And are you recognizing it as it is the truth? Are you receiving it as truth? And are you responding to it with faith, asking God for grace to obey his command? Because he loves you. And I guarantee you, there's another and that will follow. When you hear the word and accept it and receive it and do it, good things follow. It's fruitful. Your relationships will flourish. You will have peace. You will know that God is helping you. When God speaks, hear it, listen up, take it in. Actually, make this more than just head knowledge. God, help us not to be hearers of the word, but doers. To hear it, accept it, and do it. There's that ongoing habit of lust. God says, listen up. Recognize the truth. The way of the transgressor is hard. Flee youthful lust and receive the word, the grace of God to be able to renew your mind and replacing the old thing, uh, casting aside imaginations and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And I guarantee you there's, there's fruit that comes from that. God's word will not return void. There's that resistance to honoring and loving your marriage partner. Listen up. There's that resistance to obeying your mom and dad. Listen up. Accept it as the truth. Receive it into your own heart. And then act on that. Listen up. There's all the excuses for not witnessing. Remember... The Holy Spirit-filled body of believers is going to talk about Jesus, who He's done so much for us. He's loved us. And I know you're making excuses. We have such a beautiful opportunity right in front of us to be able to be well-equipped, that's our job, so that then you are ready to give a, a reason to the hope that lies within you. Listen up. Stop making excuses. Receive it. Sign up for the exchange seminar. <laughs> 
Make it a priority in your schedule and then act on it. Have something that you are ready to actually speak to a neighbor or a friend or a relative. And and you will have such joy in that. And I guarantee you, there's fruit. God's word is truth. You can count on it. And when we allow His Word to work in us, this gospel of His salvation, His transformation, the sanctification that happens, it transforms us. And His love motivates us so much so that we can't help but speak the things which we've seen and heard. And those of you who are not yet believers, I pray you will hear the Word this morning. And you will recognize that this is true. And you will accept it. As many as receive Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. And then you will keep that. You will hold on to that in faith, believing. Respond to it as the truth. Here's the truth. There is a holy God that created you. And God created you to be with Him. He said, be holy for I am holy. But the problem is we're not holy. We're sinners. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death because God is a just God. I hear all the time about people on, on, all over the place on a, on a war path for justice, social justice. I guarantee you we don't want justice from God because what we deserve, what is just from a holy God is our eternal punishment. But the good news is God loves you. With an everlasting love. God loves you so much that He gave His one and only Son to die in your place so that you don't have to pay the penalty for your sin, so that you don't have to try to measure up. And He took your sin and He gives you His righteousness if you will simply say, Jesus, I believe that. I want that. And you hold on to that as faith in Christ alone for your salvation. And He gives you His grace. He enables that to happen. For by grace are we saved through faith. That not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works. We can't take credit. That's the truth. Will you understand it? Will you accept it? And will you keep it? I beg you today. Talk with the person next to you. Talk with me and just say, I, I want that gospel. I want the salvation that Jesus has. I want that word to enter into my heart. And I want it to transform my life. And I want the joy of the Lord that comes with that. That fruit of joy and peace and the love of God. Lord, you've taught us through your word. I think we've gotten the point. Help us to listen up. To recognize this truth to receive this truth and to respond to this truth in faith believing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.